roaches. One and all, I love you all very, very much. Each and every one of you. Everybody who reached out in the past week since we had the post-op episode with Annie Letterman. I have not done much since then. That is for sure. Been trying to heal up. Because on Thursday, I will be in Indianapolis. It's May 19th. That's the date on the calendar. And I will be there doing comedy for the first time since the surgery. It's going to be very wild. It'll be a good time. I'm looking to party because I haven't done much, my friend. And beyond that, uh, July 16th, going to be in San Diego at the old Mic Drop Comedy Club. And when I say old Mic Drop Comedy Club, it's actually brand spanking new. It's very new. So if you're in San Diego and you're like, what the heck is that? This is the perfect opportunity for you to come check it out at Josh underscore Potter on Instagram at J underscore Potter on Twitter. These are the places that you can buy tickets that you can look up future dates. Got lots stacking up for the fall. I wasn't sure how this whole surgery thing was going to play out. I still have a massive wound in my back. Last week, we showed it here on the program. It limited my ads because it was so gory. They're like, "Uh, you're not allowed to show stab wounds on YouTube, evidently. Uh, But it's not a stab wound. It's a piece of surgery. It was a piece of anatomy, but they decided, no, 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 no. You can't do it. Other than that, twitch.tv slash Josh underscore Potter. Going to be bringing the Twitch back even harder. I tried to do it this week, but I just couldn't sit up. This is the first time I'm sitting up, and it's not so bad. So as we get ready to travel, I need to sit up more, and perhaps I will use Twitch to practice sitting up uh, with my wound being where it is. Anything else I got to plug? Well, I just would like to thank you. If you have already subscribed to the program, whether it be on YouTube or on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts, if it's in the audio aspect, uh, if you haven't, I would greatly appreciate you do that. Thank you for all the wonderful comments. Thank you for rating and reviewing. All of it is so appreciated, and I appreciate you a great deal. The other thing I want to uh, say thank you for, um, this past weekend in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, something very awful has happened. And unfortunately, these things happen all over the country. And I'm not going to politicize it or in any any way or shape or form. But when it happens in the place that you're from, the place where your heart is, it's a little, uh, it hits close to home, for lack of a better word, quite literally, as a matter of fact, of course, uh, if you haven't heard a a mass shooting occurred uh, in Buffalo, uh, on Jefferson Avenue, it tops friendly markets. A man drove four hours from Broome County, I believe it was Conklin, New York, drove all the way to my hometown uh, just to murder black people. And uh, it's very disgusting. It's a heinous act. It's shook my city to its absolute core. And I shared a uh, a link or a Venmo, if you will, uh, for the community fridge that is providing food for that community because it is a food desert now that that grocery store is shut down. They don't have other options in that neighborhood. Uh, People who don't have cars, people who uh, can't necessarily take public transit very far to another grocery store are without the amenities and uh, necessities that come with having a grocery store in their community. So thank you to the community fridge 
in Buffalo uh, for providing that. And thank you to you if you donated. They told me to take it down because they've gotten too many monetary donations they can't accept anymore, but they've provided other places if you'd like to donate, and I would greatly appreciate it. Joey Diaz even shared it on his podcast. God bless the man. I love him so much. He gave me a call and uh, wanted to hear how things were going out back home. And, uh, you know, I mean, it affected my community, uh, but, you know, communities within the community, obviously, it isn't mine. It's a predominantly black neighborhood. It is a low-income neighborhood. And obviously, since it is a part of my, my community, you know, I wanted to do what I can to help. So I'll provide those links and uh, those Venmos uh, for charities that are helping the people in that neighborhood when it comes to getting food, getting, uh, you know, the essentials, if you will, whether it be food or, you know, toiletries, things like that. So I, I wanted to say thank you for reaching out about all of that. Thank you for your donations. And if you have it, if you can, if you want to, I'll provide you other opportunities to do that. But we have a great show for you today here on the Josh Potter show. Uh, I haven't done much, as I mentioned. I have barely left my house since the last time we spoke, uh, just trying to heal up so I can get to Indianapolis. And I think I'm doing a good job at it as I rode here in an Uber and it wasn't as painful as it was last week. Last week I was sitting in the Uber like this, like every time they hit a bump, I was like, ooh, you know, I was bracing. And now I, I feel like a little bit more comfortable. Spent a fortune on upgrading my plane tickets so that I could have more room and uh, be more comfortable, hopefully, when on the airplanes in the next couple of weeks. I'm actually going to be going to Buffalo, too, this weekend, not for shows or anything like that, just to see my family and stuff. Uh, but yeah, big show. We have a, a more Bob Sheridan tapes a little bit later on. Obviously, can't have Bob Sheridan show up in the nice boy clock. That would be rough. Don't want to do it. Uh, going to keep him for after the nice boy clock. That's for damn sure. Uh, but I wanted to begin things with a little bit of news. And we have to start off the news discussing one of our own Roach reporters. So we have to start out the program, uh, the news portion of it at least, discussing a Roach reporter of ours, an award-winning Roach reporter. He won the 2021 Roachy, as it were. Jefferson Nally is who I'm talking about. We had a story regarding a woman who had, a, well, let's just say a unfortunate accident when it comes to trying to get onto America's Got Talent. Her talent was that she caught swords in her nether regions. Jefferson Alley, who has, like I said, brought us such joy, sending us wonderful reports throughout the years, uh, throughout, well, <laughs> the year and a half this show has existed. Uh, he sent this in. So I trusted him, you know, you know, when you have your reporters, your top guy, you know, the people like, uh, let's like, who's the dude, Bob Woodward, Bob Woodward. Is that the guy's name, Kirsten from Nixon? Well, you know, the whole Nixon Watergate thing. If Bob Woodward came to me, and he gave me a report. I would go. I wouldn't even think twice about it to double check it. Turns out, though, that uh, this story of the woman who catches swords in her vagina and had a particular one go straight through her body, impaling her and uh, piercing her organs. Turns out 
it was not real. So Jefferson Nally has made an apology to all of you, all the roaches at home. Here it is. I have to apologize to the intrusion in King Roach. Looks like I sent in an article that was not real. Funny, but fake. Votto comes to the plate over his last 18, swinging Swiss cheese up there. I guess on the article I sent in about a sword and a vagina wasn't real, and I didn't do my due diligence to make sure it was. Swing and a miss on a pitch way outside by Votto. He sucks. So from now on, I vow to the intrusion, to the king roach, to everybody involved, even myself, that I will not settle for this ever again. I can't settle for this. As the inaugural roach reporter of the year, I got to think more of myself and do better. Joey Votto gets a hold of one. Looks like it's out of the stadium. Oh, never mind. It is a pop-up to first base. Out number one. So from now on to the intrusion, the King Roach Josh Potter himself. I vow to always do my due diligence when sending in articles, and it will never happen again. Go Rockies. I can accept his apology. I like that he brought it up, and he apologized in... Only the way that one can very Roach Motel apology of him. So thank you, Jefferson Nally, for owning up to it. And he's got some good ones on tap, and I hope he doesn't make the mistake again. And uh, I don't know if I like the Joey Votto slander. The man went uh, he went down because of COVID. He had COVID. And now he's doing rehab in the minors. The Louisville Bats. Joey Votto playing on the Louisville Bats should never happen. Uh, but while he's down there, he's been batting like crazy so hopefully we'll see him again coming up to the cincinnati reds i mean boy oh boy the reds are are just terrible this year <laughs> they're the worst team. just yesterday this past weekend sunday i should say they <laughs> they had a no hitter a no hitter and lost people are like how is that even possible they walked four people and got a run scored on that and I just couldn't believe it. Just uh, it's it's an abysmal year for Cincinnati fans. But thank you to Jefferson Nally for apologizing. You know, Kirsten, they had the mugshot of the woman. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. On that, apparently that mugshot of that woman was from like Hot Girls Mugshots, that website. You know, Mugshouties. What is it called? I think there's like one on Twitter that's like Mugshouties. Yeah, someone just took a hot blonde from there. I, I'm curious what the woman really did. That must that must mean, though, hopefully, I like to look at things a glass half full, you know? That means that woman is still alive out there somewhere, and that's nice. Maybe we'll find out more about her down the road. But Jefferson Nally providing us not only this week but next week with some stories. We'll see if we have any in the batch here, and uh, hopefully the man will redeem himself remember by the way if you want to send in a roach report josh potter show at gmail.com is the place to do it maybe you think hey i'm going to take that roachy award away from jefferson nally here in 2022 have at it my friend i got a lot of uh new contenders sniffing at the roachy award i'll tell you justin m is up there my boy riley c is up there there's a bunch of people that are vying for the roachy award in 2022 but let's get to our first story off the rip it involves 
yet another story of an unruly airline passenger. And now that the masks have been lifted from airline travel, I think we're going to start seeing less of them. This is actually involving one that we talked about in the past. He actually, uh, he, he was finally sentenced. This is what happens when you become unruly on a plane. And I don't know what type of person becomes unruly on a plane. You have to be a real dildo to be unruly on a plane. Like I have moments of peaked, not anxiety, but what's the word? Like uh, my temper starts to rise. My blood pressure starts to boil because of the, the way that humanity acts in an airport. They act like children. They act like animals. This person, he was on Frontier Airlines, and I would venture to guess those who fly Frontier Airlines are all animals. I mean, that's like flying on a circus plane, if you ask me. But if you don't recall, a Frontier Airlines passenger, uh, he had been sentenced now to 60 days in jail after he allegedly punched one flight attendant and groped two others during a flight in July. Ohio resident Maxwell Berry, 23, had already consumed several al alcoholic beverages while he allegedly inappropriately touched the backside of a flight attendant with his cup. Now, I wonder if that was deliberate or not, you know? He could have just been like drunk and being like, you know, when you're drunk, you're swaying all over the place, your hands going everywhere, your movements are embellished. Maybe it was an accident to touch the woman's ass with the cup. Uh, but evidently, authorities said in at least two instances, two female flight attendants had been groped by Barry. Well, then that's tough to argue anything in his defense after two, then you go, all oh, right, now two of them are saying it. Oh, boy, it's this is a slippery slope. A male attendant watching him uh, was also punched in the face. Footage of Barry being duct taped to his seat. We've seen that video uh, by a crew member went viral over social media following the incident. Uh, Jordan Galarza, a flight attendant who had been hit by Barry, told the news that uh, he made an enemy of everyone on that flight. The people on the aircraft saw justice happen. More than what we saw today, he said, adding later, I think it's disgusting miscarriage of justice, in my opinion, saying that 60 days, a little too lenient for the groping and punching. I would venture to guess that's true. 60 days. Golly, that's not so bad. So that's two months in jail, probably gets let out early. I mean, how hot were these flight attendants? Was it worth the gropings? I don't know. Just to put your cup on someone's ass, probably not worth the two months in jail after all. Uh, Barry has to surrender to authorities by August 1st, evidently. It's difficult to look beyond the facts in this case in light of all the newest flight disturbances, but this was truly an aberration in Mac's life. He's a really good kid from a great family who was punished for his worst day, according to the defense attorney. Although we don't believe 60 days was necessary based on Max's significant self-reform and other mitigating factors. We respect the judgment of the court. So his defense attorney saying, oh, he's rehabilitated from this incident. He, if he gets on another Frontier Airlines flight, he's never going to be groping anyone ever again. And he definitely won't be punching anybody. I don't know, folks. Frontier, I would suggest just paying the extra money to fly with uh, s some civilians that are a little more well-behaved. Where did they get all that? I don't tape? care about that. Not a fig. Oh, well, thank you, John Otto. <laughs> <laughs> that was m completely ghosting. He just jumped in there. It's like the ghost of John Otto has uh, popped in and <laughs> decided to give his two cents. John Otto definitely would think this man deserves more, more jail time 
for certain. Where did they get all that duct tape, though? How much duct tape is on an aircraft at a given moment? You know? Frontier Airlines, maybe they have it up there so that they can repair the plane. They're like, oh, we got a, a faulty wing here. They got to throw duct tape on the, uh, on the plane just to keep it whole. I would imagine that would be the use of it. I've never seen flight attendants have duct tape, though. Ooh, do we have it? This is just a picture of how much they have, but, like, I remember this happened to another lady, too, so... Oh, I mean... They must be stocking must just up be just because people right? have been acting up, yeah. When they... You know that part in the uh, front of the plane where you go to put your, your bag, perhaps, in the overhead compartment, but it's all labeled, like, this is plane equipment. Maybe that's just a drawer of duct tape at the end of the day. Uh, but next up, we have a, a, a quandary for you. Kirsten, you don't have testicles. I don't, no. Not so yet. Maybe, uh, you can't venture to perhaps uh, weigh in on this one, but I'm curious, for the roaches out there, if you do have testicles, how much is one of your balls worth? Meaning, if you had to lose it, how much money would that take? I see guys like Tom Green who lost his ball to cancer. He seems to be doing fine. I think he can still procreate. We still have another ball. Do we really need two balls? I mean, how many times do they get a little in the way? You're shifting them. I think two balls is one too many sometimes. Am I talking tales out of school? What would you think if you came across a gentleman with one ball? I don't even think it... I don't think it would sway me one way or the other. Would I'd you be even cool notice with this one ball. Probably not. I mean, maybe when I'm getting, you know, handsy, but I don't think it'd be enough to even make me, like, ask. I'd just be like, hey... What did you say before that, before I asked if it would sway you? Um, I don't remember. I just, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bug me. I mean, yeah. if I was down there, I might like notice it, but it probably still wouldn't be enough for me to like even mention it or ask. I wonder if there are some women out there who would even go, well, one ball, that's like one less ball to sur satisfy. I mean, now instead of going back and forth, I can just kind of focus on one. You know, I think this is convenient. I think this might be a form of evolution down the road, losing one ball. Well, one gentleman got paid quite a bit of money for losing one of his balls. And I guess let me before I read this, let me see how much would I like to get for losing one ball? It wouldn't take much. I would lose a ball for a hundred thousand dollars. I think that's a fair amount because I'd be looking to get a little bit of money. I mean, if I got bargained down, you know, if there was some very aggressive negotiations, I could probably be bargained down to about $75,000 to lose one ball. Do I get to choose the ball? Is it the one that hangs lower? Is it the one that, uh, you know, I don't even know how balls work in detail enough to understand if one ball produces more sperm than the other one. This is all things I'd have to take into consideration, obviously, but I would like sound off in the comments, tweet at me at J underscore Potter. I'd like to get a bit of a survey on how much it would cost for you to lose the ball. Now you're asking, in what way do I lose it? Is it painful? Is it in a way that is uh, I go, you know, a surgery? I, I'm put out. I wake up. I don't have a ball. Or is it in a way that will... Does a woman crush it with her high heel? How? What are we talking here? Well, in this particular case, during a 2020 protest, during uh, the George Floyd stuff, obviously the murder of George Floyd, 
uh, occurred, and there were many a protest across the United States and beyond. The Los Angeles PD had fired projectiles into a crowd. One of their shots caused a man to lose a part of his testicle. So this man, he didn't even lose his whole testicle. He only lost a portion of it. I would imagine, though, without moving forward in the story here quite yet, I'm going to theorize that when you lose a part of a testicle, they got to take the whole thing out. You know, you can't just have, I mean, wouldn't that be more alarming, Kirsten, if you came across the man who had one and a half testicles? Yeah, that actually probably freaked me out a little bit. Would you think like this is one and a half or would you think like, I guess if it was like straight up, like one side of it was squared off. So it definitely felt like half uh, of it. Just like a flat wall ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I wouldn't like that at all. Yeah, that would be more noticeable than mm -hmm. one ball. And yeah. more alarming, I would imagine. A ball, a testicle doesn't seem like something that you can have. Like, if it's not whole, it doesn't seem like you'd have pieces of it. Yeah, I don't want pieces of it. And then also, say say it wasn't walled off like that. Say it was like, all of a sudden it morphed into being just like an immensely smaller testicle. Then you got lopsidedness. That would be more peculiar as well. I would imagine. For a woman. Am I wrong? No, I agree. Well, this person, David Bond, filed a federal lawsuit last year claiming the LAPD used excessive and unreasonable force when he was peacefully protesting and was then shot. He originally asked for $2 million in damages. $2 million. If we're talking that price, shoot me in the balls. I mean, golly. Have at it. I'll lift my dick up and close my eyes and just grin and bear it. I'll bite down on a belt and you can fucking fire at my balls all you want. Two million dollars. Take one of my balls. I'm not having kids anyway. Uh, he said that he has permanent disfiguration after being shot by the projectile. His case went to mediation and three hundred thousand dollars was the settlement agreed upon in January, according to an internal city document that was revealed by the L.A. Times. Dale Gallippo, Bond's attorney, said Wednesday that the settlement could have been worth more money, but Bond is happy to be done with it. I bet I bet he was thinking, like, just give me the 300 grand, because he's like me. I said $100,000. I really lowballed myself. This guy went in with that whole policy. In negotiations, you see, a lot of people do this. And it works out for some people. I've never seen it work out until I got into show business. But people, I, I, Kirsten, do you ever take any of these classes where you talk about like negotiation tactics and things like that, business classes? Nope, I straight away from all of those. Well, in them, they teach you something that seems ridiculous. It's called the slam the door policy. It's where you come in so high that when they meet you with a smaller number, it's the number you actually want. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so like this guy came in with two million dollars and he walked out with three hundred grand, which uh, you know, like I said, I would have taken a hundred grand. So maybe that's what that guy was thinking all the way along. He's like, I would take a hundred thousand dollars, and the lawyer's like, Whoa, let's try and get a little bit more here. And so he put in two million dollars, and then they settled upon three hundred thousand dollars. It was the right thing to do under the circumstances, the attorney said. Arguably, the case could have been worth more money than that, but the client wanted to get it resolved at this point, and I was supportive of that. It's the first settlement to be reached after a number of lawsuits against the LAPD had been filed following the protests in May and June of 2020. There is also a class action lawsuit from Black Lives Matter Los Angeles related to how the LAPD acted during the protests. Not sure they're going to get much of a settlement after it's all coming to light that they were using 
building a six million dollar mansion for parties. I don't know that they've got much cachet when it comes to the court system at the moment. Bond was involved in the protest May 29th, 2020, near City Hall in L.A. His lawsuit stated that uh, he never threatened anyone, made no aggressive movements toward anyone, made no uh, furtive gestures, if you will, and no physical movements uh, that would reasonable, reasonably suggest to the police that he was attempting, willing, or intending to inflict harm on anyone. He used a tennis racket and salad bowl to protest or to protect himself against the projectiles. So, like, when people were... <laughs> that's so wild. A tennis racket and a salad bowl. So it's like he was using the salad bowl as a shield and the tennis racket going out there. That's like a sitcom when you think of robbers in your house. Mr. Bond is observed shouting and being argumentative towards officers and refusing to follow the officer's orders to leave the area, but his noncompliance did not justify the use of less lethal munitions being fired at him, according to the city's attorneys. So it's a little bit of half of one, half dozen of the other there. He was saying, I didn't do anything. I wasn't doing anything, but he was being a little, you know, something. It just said, obviously, he was being uh, shouting and being argumentative, which officers could have taken as aggression. And we all know that they take very little things as aggression sometimes and have to, uh, you know, act. They're, You know, sometimes they're scared in their own right and they don't know how to resolve conflict. And so it was a melee. But this man, he, uh, I wonder if the cop, like, you know, he had the guy being argumentative. He, like, aimed at his dick. Maybe he was aiming at his leg or something like that. But, yeah, those rubber bullets. I mean, people during those protests, uh, you hear stories, people were blinded by them. Would I would rather lose a test. I've lost an eye. I have lost an eye. Well documented. I would much rather lose a testicle than an eye. A hundred percent. Take the testicle. If I could give you my testicle right now in lieu of getting an eye in return, oh, Sign me up, my friend. Sign me up. This Johnny Heard and uh, uh, this Johnny Heard, this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff. I don't know that we need to talk about it anymore than it's already been talked about. I've been following the trial a little bit, but a couple of Roach reporters have sent in so many things regarding this. I just wanted to talk about her shitting on the bed because evidently that occurred, and that would have been the final straw for me. <laughs> that's right there I don't I don't uh, the relationship would not have gone beyond that I don't care how fire that pussy is shitting on a bed and you gotta I, I mean I wish we had details as to how she did it when she did it how he discovered it because she blamed it on the dog so it's not like he saw her squatting on the bed he showed up to the bed and was like oh that's human shit clearly his dogs are very tiny. No way they can produce that type of shit out of their asses. If I saw human shit on my bed, that would be the end of everything. Poor Johnny Depp. I wonder if the fight, the pussy was so much fire or if he was that broken and that kind and nice that he was just like, well, you know, it's just a little speed bump in our relationship. I can't even fathom being able to muster a shit on a bed. I've been having a hell of a time shooting these past couple of weeks, friends, since the since the surgery. We talked about it last week, how I hadn't... I think I've shit three times since the surgery, and it is starting to become an issue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I take the stool softeners. Haven't done the laxatives, 
but uh, I, I have a hard enough time doing it on the toilet when I'm in this sort of discomfort. I can't imagine copping a squat and just releasing one onto a, a bed. I couldn't even. I, I've. Uh, have you ever shit outside, Kirsten? Oh yeah, because we go like mushroom hunting and stuff in Iowa. So Ooh. sometimes you're just deep in the timber. You gotta do what you gotta do. Now, when you go mushroom hunting, is this for psychedelic mushrooms? No, they're just like morel mushrooms that you eat. I and, wish and you go hunting for them. Yeah, you just like walk around a timber and look for them. Wild. And how long are you out there for that you have to then shit in the woods? Um, you can be out there for hours. It depends. You know, sometimes you come along like a creek and you jump in it and hang out for a bit. So, oh, the creek makes sense. Yeah. Although here's the thing I have a problem with both defecating and urinating in a body of water. I can't pee in the ocean or in a lake or anything because then I feel like I'm in the pee. You know what I mean? Like the pee goes out and it just kind of like now you're around it. Now it's all around you. I yeah, like but if you're in a lake already, you're partly in so much piss anyways. Well, I don't like to... Th th those things make me stay away from the water. <laughs> I don't like to think about that because then I start going like, I'm swimming in fish piss, fish poop, other people poop, other people piss. Now, when you poop in the lake, it just floats away. I mean, like, do you have to do it where you're aiming it downstream of a river or whatever? Like That, that I don't know. That I could not... But you've done it inside it, yeah? I mean, in the... No, no, no. I didn't mean like... I mean, you like might stop off and play in a creek and that's why you're out there so long. I've I never see, shit in the creek. My bad. Something okay. about water turns it off for me. Same. I don't know. But I can piss in water. That's fine. Interesting. But not shit. Yeah, well, I would imagine because then it's just melee. You don't know where the shit's going to go. It could float like you're just underwater. It floats up next to you. <laughs> That'd be so terrifying if Ooh. you're with other people, though. <laughs> Maybe you have diarrhea, too. It's just like... You get out and you have shit all over you. Cannot do it. No siree. Cannot abide such idiocy at all. Uh, but I don't even remember where I was going to say with that. Oh, when you shat in the woods, Kirsten, while hunting mushrooms, what was your wiping tactics? Oh, you bring stuff with you just in case. You have like wet wipes wet oh you bring wet wipes yeah. that makes complete sense. just a couple and then like sometimes i don't know if you like fall or you're like you know your hands are just super dirty or something sometimes it's nice to just have them anyways so well sure yeah a wet wipe goes a long way but if you know you've already used it up and you need something else you can always cut a sock you can cut a depending on what type of shirt you're wearing you can cut off a sleeve okay you know Ooh, okay you're getting macgyver on you know here. there's options i have only shit outside one time. It was back in high school. We were playing Manhunt. That game, it's like hide and seek kind of, but it's for, for you know, teenagers. We don't play hide and seek like a bunch of little kids. We play Manhunt. We're in high school. <laughs> and uh, it was after a football game, middle of the day, Saturday afternoon. And right before we decided to play, we thought we'd go to the cider mill. And get quarts of apple cider, which I hauled down real quick. And I don't know if you folks have ever had apple cider, but it'll make you shit your fucking brains out your body almost instantly. And running around in the woods and things, uh, that doesn't help. And so, yes, I uh, nature called, if you will. I had to take a shit in the woods. And uh, this place that we were playing, it's called Glen Park. 
and there's beautiful waterfalls. It's often places where people go to take their wedding photos. My sister went to go take hers there as well. And uh, I had to shit like the Dickens. There was no public restroom, nothing. So I went back into uh, behind a few trees, into the brush a bit. And I was like, I just have to let it go. And uh, I did. And upon like copping my squat and making sure I was giving enough room for the shit to land and not land on me anywhere. I'm looking around a little bit and through the brush, I see a couple wedding dress tuxedo, not but 10 yards in front of me with the, like with their backs to me. Therefore there's a photographer on the other side of them taking pictures. And I'm, if they zoom in or something, I swear in these people's wedding photos, there's a kid, sophomore in high school, shitting behind. I mean, I didn't go deep into the woods. I was just behind like a few bushes. Uh, and I definitely was a part of these people's wedding photos. But what I did was I took my boxers and used that to wipe. At first, I tried to use leaves. Bad plan. Have you ever tried to do that? Absolutely not. I because feel like, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, that's just... Just not, no. Yeah, you can't... I mean, I found, like... Unless you're in the rainforest where they have these, like, Jurassic plants that have leaves mm -hmm. that are the size of, like, a... You know, a fucking blanket. <laughs> then you're, you're fucked if you're using leaves. I grab, like, a bunch of leaves and try to wipe my ass. Did not work. And if anything, I just got leaves stuck in my ass crack. And so I used my boxers uh, and then just chucked them into the woods... So those were there for someone to come across, maybe a, a deer or something could come across it and find it. But yeah, shitting in the woods was hard enough. Don't want to shit in a bed. Amber Heard's a real animal, a menace to society, and that's all we really need to know about her. Uh, now let's move on to sports because we have some, some wonderful videos, including Bob Sheridan. We've gone so far away from the nice boy clock that we can get into Bob Sheridan in a little bit, but we have some other videos that I'd like to get to first. So first up, we have a video that I had received so many times, very many, and it actually, it happened while I was um, taping my episode with Annie Letterman last week. It happened simultaneously and so i couldn't wait to get to it today and i have a different take on this than you might guess uh as you can see here on the screen with the video it says uh, gavin sheets just committed such a bad error that the broadcast guy said are you shitting me on the air let's give it a listen the ball hit toward right field sheets coming in drops oh. the ball the guardians will score first as Quan comes home into second base is owen miller are and you Sheets me? just simply botched it. There's a ball here. Let's hear it one more time, Kirsten. Toward right field. Sheets coming in. Drops oh. the ball. The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home. Into second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply botched it. There's a ball. Now, Kirsten, do you hear shitting? Yes, I do actually. Everybody heard shitting. The whole internet heard shitting. And I'm going to debunk this now. And tell me if this changes your perception of this video. Because we don't see the broadcasters speaking. We can't read their lips. We can't see what they're saying. I 
think the man said, are you kidding me? But he said it at the same time, the other announcer said Gavin Sheets. Does that make sense? Yeah. Could that be possible? Give it a listen and see now if you hear it. I'm trying to do like a Yanni Laurel situation here. Now maybe I might deter you from thinking that he said shitting. Let's hear. There's a ball hit toward right field. Sheets coming in. Drops the ball. The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home. Into second base is Owen Miller. And Sheets just simply botched it. Yeah, that time it actually does kind of sound like I can hear kidding as soon as he's saying sheets. Right. I can see what you mean. So it's just it, the the K of kidding kind of gets uh, buried by the other announcer saying sheets. So he, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, he just said, are you shitting me? Now there has been no repercussions on this guy. He hasn't issued an apology. He hasn't been on the air like, uh, you know, Uh, back in the uh, bottom of the seventh, when Gavin Sheets committed an error that was just absolutely baffling, I made a curse word on the air. I said, "Are you shitting me?" Now, if he was a really, if he was a really good broadcaster and he was making that apology, he would go, "What I actually said." One zero, the count here is Anderson up at the plate. What I actually was saying, "Are you shitting me?" I was trying to make a play on words with Gavin Sheets. And there's Anderson with a liner out into right field, and he'll get on first. But yeah, no, I was uh, trying to make a joke there. Sheeting me. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't make any apology. Nothing came out from this. I think it's very evident. And I'm not trying. I, I would love it if he said, are you shitting me? I would fucking revel in that. That would be the best day of my life. But the second I heard it, I knew I had to come on here and debunk it and uh, save face for this gentleman. Now, somebody who uh, was in a post-fight press conference, there's no mincing words with what he had to say. And uh, let's see if folks at home can catch it. He kind of slides this in there amongst a couple of other things. Now, the man just got punched in the face. I mean, after a boxing match, I always thought it was interesting, you know, and people have sort of judged Joe Rogan for speaking to to people who just got knocked out, things like that. I would venture to guess, even if you didn't get knocked out, even if you were the winner of the fight, if you got a couple of blows to the head, you're not going to be thinking clearly. You know, I don't really, I like when they interview these people. It's part, I mean, these people signed up and made great deals of money to, in fact, uh, try to not get knocked out, but know that that's a possibility. So I say, let them be interviewed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I say interview all the knocked out people. But this gentleman, after uh, uh, he is an MMA fighter as well, he's not a boxer, excuse me. He mentions the fact that uh, he has herpes during this for some odd reason. Let's give it a listen and see what context it's in. Fight, I was tired. I was exhausted. I'm about to launch this NFT that's going to change the fight game. And I put in 30 all-nighters before that fight. I had herpes before that fight, two outbreaks in the span of a week. I'm here. I'm healthy. Let's go. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, so the herpes is a uh, so it's part of the fact uh, part of the adversity that he had to face leading up to the fight. You know, that's interesting. You know, people wonder, you know, you got to keep your head clear. You got to keep things out of your brain that could come in and distract you. And so this man's saying, I had two herpes outbreaks for Christ's sake, and I still was able to come here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Herpes outbreaks, no joke. They can be 
extraordinarily painful from what I understand. Don't have the herpes myself. Worried about it a few times. Oh boy. Had many a worry about the herpy. Not many. I mean, what am I talking about? Two. Two times I thought maybe I, I got herpes. I actually, the first time I ever talked to Joe List, because he's notorious, uh, notoriously has herpes, talked about it a great deal. I'm not outing him in any way. Uh, he, I DM'd him. First time I ever talked to him was me DMing him going like, do I have herpes? I was like asking him the signs. I had just slept with a woman. And uh, she told me, this is, this is uh, you know, 20-something-year-old Josh, who every time that Josh got laid, it was an event. And uh, I was with a woman. We had uh, been fooling around. And right as we were about to have sex, she goes, I got to tell you something. I have herpes. And, you know, most people would probably be like, all right, well, thank you for letting me know. And uh, this is about as far as we'll go. And I'll be seeing you later. I was not like that at all. <laughs> I was like, I don't care about that. Not a fig. And boy, did I keep going. I used a condom. And uh, she didn't have an outbreak. She goes, oh, yeah, I don't have an outbreak. I take my medication. And uh, if you use a condom, you'll be all set. That was like that might as well have been a doctor coming to me and being like, yes, you can have sex with this woman. And so I went home and I just had this looming feeling for days. I go, I definitely probably got herpes. Oh, my God, I got herpes. Oh, my God. And I had drove home from that gig about four hours in my car. And then I went home and I started uh I was house sitting for my cousin and I was sleeping on his couch. And so my lower back from the drive from sleeping on the couch was sore. <laughs> and I Googled lower back pain herpes. And sure enough, it was a symptom. <laughs> and so I was freaking out. And I DM Joe this. He goes, you're probably fine. You know, if, unless you get some, a bunch of bumps. He like told me the whole deal. He's like, go get tested or whatever but if you if you don't have any uh, outbreaks you, you're all set he, he definitely talked me off of the ledge so i thank you very much joe list uh, but i i'm actually appreciative of this boxer normalizing herpes and talking about how it can cause adversity whether you be a boxer or in any other sort of capacity i think if you're just a regular schmo and you have a herpes outbreak that deserves a special sort of sick day or a personal day at your job. If you have an outbreak, you shouldn't have to go to work. You know, now in these COVID days, I feel like the sick days are becoming more lenient. I don't know. I haven't had an office job since COVID, obviously. So I don't know how they're, uh, you know, acting sort of towards illness and things like that. But if I have to tell my boss, I go herpes outbreak, bro, that should be enough. And I appreciate the man being open about it like that. I think that's great. But for the record, no herpes here. <laughs> Thank the Lord. And uh, But hey, if I did have it, I would be just like this man. I would be an advocate uh, trying to ruin the stigma that it is a life-ending sort of event, nevertheless. Now, something I wanted to wait till the very end to get to because it is too good. First, though, oh, wait, hold on. Before we get to that, another baseball video where there is no mincing words one of my favorite things about baseball during COVID times was, and I've talked about this on the program, was hearing the audible fuck when a guy would hit a pop-up or when he would make an error, something like that. There was no one in the crowd, so you could hear all the players kind of communicating. 
And it's been kind of like that actually during the NHL playoffs. If you watch the ESPN broadcast of the NHL playoffs, you're hearing everything on the ice. I don't know what their their mics, their mix in NHL playoffs. Maybe it's just uh, through watching it the way I do on YouTube TV. But their mix on ESPN, you can barely hear the announcers. Leah Hextall was doing the play-by-play of one of the games. And the crowd mic and on-ice mics were so loud that I could hear you know, players calling for the pass. I could hear coaches saying the line change. I could hear people in the crowd saying fuck. It was wild. Uh, And that kind of occurs in a few of the baseball broadcasts. It depends on who's mixing that audio, you know? One gentleman who you can always tell when he's saying fuck is El Mago himself, Mr. Javi Baez, the wizard. Guy curses up a storm. One of the best players in the league, one of the best to watch, all-time great. And uh, here is a bit of a montage of him uh, saying fuck. It says here, uh, Javi Baez and A.J. Hinch were both ejected after arguing a third strike call. And uh, you get to see Javi Baez say fuck here a bunch of times. Two-two on its way. Strike three call. (laughs) No, you don't. You don't give a fuck. The announcers are hearing this by AJ's trying to stay in between Baez and home plate umpire Nick Marley. Tigers have squawked about the strike zone a lot tonight. (laughs) Really? Just laying them on there? Well, it's just a manager sticking up for his players for sure. AJ has to get in there. There's unfortunately been a couple times where Tigers feel like they had strikes that weren't called for our pitchers and a couple close pitches there. I'm not sure that was a ball, but frustration is what's coming out here. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Frustration is what's coming out. Notice they don't acknowledge the profanity. This is where the loophole happens. In a, in a worse broadcaster, a, wor- a worser broadcaster, if you will, would acknowledge that. They would say, we like to apologize for the profanity that you just heard. Uh, we uh, we don't condone that kind of language. But Javi Baez, you could hear you could hear him say, you don't give a fuck. He would you don't give a fucking fuck. I mean, he said fuck about 5,000 times in that small clip. And I like how they let it breathe. They let the moment breathe. And that's what we call in the uh, in the game incidental cursing. Which is not a finable offense. If it's incidental, it's not finable. So these guys just kind of let it breathe. They knew he was saying fuck. They were probably chuckling themselves up there. They're like, <laughs> and then they, uh, you know, decided to pipe in about the infraction. I love all the. F- if you see on any of the baseball broadcasts anyone saying fuck, it brings a smile ear to ear on this little roach. I love it so much. I can't get enough of it, and I want to show them all to you. 
But yes, I've been chomping at the bit to show these videos uh, because we showed a video. Do we have the original one too, Kirsten? Can you pull that up? Bob Sheridan is a boxing broadcaster. I don't know too much about him. I know he's been in the game for quite a while. His broadcasts don't seem to be uh, in the mainstay of pop culture. It's not like we're talking about John Sterling, who's the Yankees broadcaster. We're not talking about Bob Costas here. We're not talking about uh, Joe Buck. Boxing also kind of a sport that's been relegated to being kind of niche. And uh, we first came across him very recently when he decided to uh, dispel a few comments about uh, the uh, inner city blacks. So let's 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 refresh people's memory about that one. He kind of runs, como se dice in Italiano, let's just say he runs Sicily. Okay, all right. You get the picture, Paulie, because you are a Greek. No, you are Italian. Sorry. <laughs> now that I could have got fired for. <laughs> Pause it real quick. Well, where are- I like how in that part I didn't uh, mention this the first time, I don't think. I like how he goes, I could get fired for that for almost causing calling him a greasy Italian. <laughs> That was the part he's like, oh, I'm, I'm really getting crazy here. And then he continues. Off the air, we talk like that all the time. And my son uses it. And we're not supposed to use the N-word. I know we can't use it on the air. And I'm not supposed to say it outside our room. So I don't. It's disrespectful to a uh, horse of a different color, let's say. Larry Medina says he doesn't want to say anything about Morales' lady, but she's a sexy caramba. Hmm. Huh. I like how that guy tried to move it on by talking about the other man's lady. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff there, and people are like, hey, thank God no one's watching boxing, because Bob Sheridan can just exist in this world of wild things to say, and nobody's really calling him out on it. Well, Kirsten, you've uh, you've come across a couple of other things, eh? Yeah, I just I found two more. I really enjoyed this guy and what he had to say, so I thought I'd dig a little further. You showed me one. I don't know if I've seen this one about uh, with, they call him Colonel Bob. <laughs> That's one. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. All right, we like the bimbos, right? Yeah. I'm... Is that politically correct to no, say bimbo? No. 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 Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Sorry, ladies. You're two fine young ladies. God bless you. Sorry for the insult. But I come from the old days where you could actually say things that were funny. Oh, okay. Nobody got their their uh, redneck up when you would say stuff like that in those days. Mm-hmm. I wish you wouldn't be them, Paul. We're, wait, we're waiting for a. We're waiting for a. The, the, the official decision here. I don't think anybody who's watching really cared about the decision. I think they enjoyed. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what that guy's. The poor part. The poor people that have to do broadcasts with Bob Sheridan, who try to move on when he gets into these <laughs> diatribes, they don't know how to do it. This poor guy's like, uh, we're I, we're waiting for the uh, decision here. Uh, uh, oh my god! And he didn't even. I mean, calling them bimbos. I mean, he could have called them a whole bunch of different. <laughs> he could have called them cunts. He could have called them fucking. Uh, he could have called them bitches. I mean. I don't know, but he loves to talk about politically correctness. He's like, can I say bimbo? I can't. Oh, I'm from another era where I could say the N-word. I could say bimbo. I could say all kinds of stuff. That one is that one is probably, if we're ranking them, that one goes slightly below the N-word comment. Uh, but then this one is the one that you showed me that it's like wild. This one doesn't really talk about uh you know words he's not allowed to say and this one i think he confesses to a murder 
Is that true? No, he uh, confessed to some murders in the other one, but this one he confesses to uh, hitting someone's wife. Oh, but we have another one about a murder? Yeah, there was one about him when he talked about like killing eight people. Oh my God. Didn't I think we, we showed that one. That? Yeah, I showed you that one. Oh my goodness. I don't remember that. I, re- I don't remember doing it on the show. I remember seeing it. But thank the Lord that this guy is a just a, a fucking well of... Oh, it just keeps coming. You know what I mean? We just keep dipping the bucket down the well and full buckets of water. Let's hear this one. A fight in Boston one day and I get a black guy. I hit a guy with my car and he gets out and his wife comes around and throws a purse at me. I didn't even think I turned and I knocked her out. I'm not proud of that at all. Oh, no. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like you're proud of it. You're only bringing it up for no reason on a broadcast. I'm not proud of that at all. Yeah, you are. You're so proud of it. Oh, my God. Start it again. I have to hear it one more time. A fight in Boston one day, and I get a black guy. I hit a guy with my car, and he gets out, and his wife comes around and throws a purse at me. I didn't even think I turned, and I knocked her out. I'm not proud of that at all. Oh, no. I knocked oh, that These old stories, you're, you're, you've since been reborn. I have. I'm a reborn Christian. I'm a good Catholic now. I have an office in the Vatican. Read this to our fans. Oh, my God. The, uh, yet another broadcast partner trying to save some face you're not like that anymore right bob no nah, i just almost uh said the n-word three times just now but uh, i didn't oh here's the video of the so in that clip though hold on for a moment before we play that other one and and i thought we did i thought i, I can't remember if we played it on the air you'd know better than i would i black out when i do this uh there's so much to unpack in that part he hit a person with his car so he's completely in the bad here. He's completely in the wrong. And a woman got mad at him because she and her husband were struck by his vehicle. So he punched the black woman in the face. He's like, oh, yeah, knocked out some teeth. I don't get what she was so angry about. Oh, I'm a totally different guy now. I'm just going to, I just, you know, I learned I can't say the N word when the doors open. Go back to that murder one. I want to hear the murder one again in case, just in case people missed it that one time because, yes, he, he confesses to a... Oh, oh, murder. Big Red Hook says you had, a, you had a movie situation happen to you. You almost got carjacked you, by drug smugglers. That's right. I did. That's how I got shot. But I killed eight of them that night in my vet. <laughs> they crashed their car. Yeah. Well, right. no, no. Here's what I did. I got the guy. Yeah, you know, currently. My buddy guys, they don't know. We can't even, yeah, we yeah, shouldn't we be can. talking about it's this. You know what? Oh, pause well, you know it real quick. The, the sh- I love it. They're like, all right, we can't tell this story. There's people off camera going, like, no, shut up. What are you doing? He's like, all right, let me tell about how I murdered eight people. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The, the short story is you almost got carjacked. You survived. We're happy you're here. The short story. And uh, they, they, they ended up getting run off the road themselves. Yeah. And I killed eight of them that night, which <laughs> I wanted to get that in. And Didi doesn't like that. So I got to stop talking about that. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, eight dead men. <laughs> uh, any, any, any crazy Dundee stories? Uh, oh, look how he tries it. Any, uh, can, any stories about uh, Dundee? Any crazy ones there? And he's just like, oh, let me keep telling you about all the eight men I killed. How about that? Oh, my God. What a fella. If you have any Bob Sheridan clips out there that we have not unearthed yet, 
good lord josh potter show at gmail.com is the place to send them in and that's where you can send in all your roach reportings my friend please to be sending them in i love seeing them i love reading them and i love that you're a part of this program each and every little roach out there coming together to form an intrusion on youtube on itunes spotify google play that's where you can get the show and if you listen to it on any of those uh, or all of those please to be subscribing hit that like button in the youtube thing as well like subscribe rate review the whole shebang i'd love to get the subscribers up to 50k we're so close so please to be doing that also we'll see you thursday in indianapolis may 19th at in- indianapolis uh, helium july 16th i'll be at the mic drop comedy club getting pumped for that two shows early and late show happening out that way so i'd love that dates are stockpiling for the fall we've got dates that i'm going to announce that are going to be happening in arizona texas uh in between uh out east lots of things starting to compile for the autumn it's a long ways away didn't know how long this was going to take this wound to heal to be quite honest with you so i kind of chilling for the summer of course august i'll be in chicago uh those are all up on my instagram at uh, josh underscore potter and on twitter at j underscore potter click the old ticket links buy some tickets follow me on those things i love y'all so so much and i appreciate you being here next week we'll have chase o'donnell here in the old roach motel and we will see you next tuesday on the josh potter show